Space Podcast. Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESO Amazon. Or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Hi, this is Mark. Congratulations. You have found this amazingly awesome show. Chances are you're listening to it right now on whether it's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or some other mobile app that allows you to stream this amazingly awesome show to your ear holes. And I can't stress how awesomely amazing this show really is. But did you know that you can also catch the latest episode of this show on the Tangibound Network? That's right. Go check out TangiboundNetwork.com. You can look them up and you can listen to it right there. It's even mobile friendly. What more could you ask for? Which means you can pull it up on your iPhone or your Android, even your Windows phone. Yeah, who has one of those? But still, point remains, you can do it. You can do it. Check it out. TangiboundNetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. Check it out. I'm Chris Farrell from the official GunnaGeek.com podcast, a proud member of the GunnaGeek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, Josh Peterson and I talk the future of Disney after the announcement of leaving Netflix for a new streaming service of their own. Plus, Sarah Kay from the AnaQuest podcast returns with her thoughts on Sony's new integration of anime for their PlayStation audience. We also talk Hellblade's vision of mental trauma, the bleak future of the Fantastic Four, and what cool stuff did we just find out about The Last Jedi? All this plus another hit song from Plasma Z. It's another theme park full of podcasting thrill rides we have for you today as we reach our next stop. The PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture, Cosmos, and Game Source. I'm here along with my good friend. He is the leading man in the never-ending movie called Humanican Media. It's Josh Peterson. What's going on, my friend? Uh, I just got back from uh, recording some super BS games cast. Uh, he, he had to look at it because the list of podcasts now goes so far down. Correct. And uh, yeah, I've been playing some Hellblade. We'll talk about that more later. But yeah, just keep, keep them busy, man. Keeping on that media train, just plummeting forward off that cliff. 
and uh, into the oblivion of potential listeners, you know? Ah, okay. So, because I know you've been sprinkling out Topicocalypse episodes over the past week, and also just there's, you know, like I said, the Super BS Games cast. What about this is coming in the next couple of weeks as well? So, definitely look out for that indeed. And every Tuesday, on the Podcast Radio Network, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. You check out the exclusive show they've got for you there, The Attack of the Humanicans. It's a great show indeed, and it's all from your friends at Humanican Media. You want to check them out, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, the Podcast Radio Network, wherever you can get a hold of their great lineup of shows. we got a great lineup for you tonight. It's the PCC Multiverse, and we've got a lot to talk about. There's the Disney, oh my gosh, Disney, Disney, Disney is at it again, and we're definitely going to talk about that. Plus, like Josh said as well, Hellblade, Sasuna's Sacrifice. Josh recently got to play a little bit of the game already, and his thoughts, uh, and our bullout thoughts as far as how the game looks, but also as well how it perceives mental trauma, and actually it looks at it in, in a much more favorable light, and we'll talk about that than some other projects that have been going on in media in regards to that subject. So we'll definitely talk about that as well. We'll talk about the Fantastic Four. Oh my gosh, how the mighty have certainly fallen there. And then also as well, we'll end the show later tonight with some thoughts on The Last Jedi. Some some stuff came out over the weekend, some news, some items, some photos, and we just some little tidbits there. Lucasfilm is just sprinkling at us, and we want to make sure we talk about that as well. Plus, another great song from Plasma Z, and Sarah Kay from the AnaQuest podcast comes back on the show. I, I talk with her for just a few minutes to talk about anime going, well, really going the way of Sony with the new acquisition. So we're going to talk about all that great stuff as well, So, but but, but you know. Let's get into it because the big story in pop culture this week was Disney basically buying themselves into the streaming service business, so to speak, by uh, actually putting in about one-third, 33% of BAM TV. Now, if you're not familiar with BAM TV and the streaming services that they provide, if you're familiar with the MLB streaming service or probably even more notable than that is the WWE Network. They are responsible for providing the service that you see with the WWE Network, MLB Network, and more as far as their streaming service is concerned. So it led to the announcement that by 2019, pretty much everything Disney will be off the channel on Netflix by 2019. So I ask you, Josh, first off, gauge this on as far as how important this is with Disney going off on its own with its own streaming service. I honestly, like, why do they need, why do they need this, I guess is my question. They have, it's going to upset a lot of people because a lot of people are fiercely loyal to Netflix. Like, there are memes. Like, when you have memes made about your company, that's how you know you've made it to the big leagues. When you have catchphrases Right, right. Supposed to be something so, else based off of Netflix that tells you you made it. A lot of people are saying, like, yeah, I'm really excited about this, but I don't think. Look, look at it this way: you're paying what, fifteen dollars a month? Or is it it's still eight dollars a month for Netflix, or is it up right on the ten? Uh, actually, twelve dollars is the highest plan a month. Okay, twelve dollars a month for Netflix, and you're obviously going to want to keep Netflix. So, what's going to make you want to go 
and pay for a Disney subscription service when all they have are Disney products. Like, it's not Star Wars, obviously, but, like, what's going to make you – there's not – any variety and if you're still paying for Netflix or and like there's a lot of people until Game of Thrones over there gonna be paying for HBO Go and all that good stuff but I just I don't I'm gonna be curious what the numbers are and I also am wondering what does this mean for the Marvel Netflix original series well that actually is the best point that you're making right there in regards to that and we'll touch on that in a sec but let's look at all the major stuff that that Disney currently owns uh, let's start with ABC. So they could put all the stuff that appears on their network on that streaming service. Let's go with Disney, Disney XD, uh, all that stuff as well, which, you know, obviously it's not as much. And Freeform, no, not even at all, unless you're talking, you know, all they do is play Harry Potter there and you know, some, some other stuff, Twilight and all that, but we won't go there. Uh, Freeform stuff. But also as well, it gets into major, like I said, ABC with everything there. ESPN, remember, they own ESPN, and they have got a lot of stuff that they could go ahead and stream out through that streaming service if they so choose to. Because ESPN recently made an announcement that they had fallen behind as far as their technology and had become too lax in the way that they were dealing with their network and their profits have subsided. There are a lot of big issues and a lot of big concerns over exactly their profits and their revenue margins because of the fact that they were not earning as much because people are cutting the cords and, and they were losing actually cable sub subscribers by the thousands in the recent years and not able to make up that in any other discernible way. So this could be a new way and a new revenue stream, sorry for the pun there, but a new revenue stream for all their ESPN content as well, not to mention Disney Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilm, and anything else you want to throw in there that the the House of the Mouse built as well. So well, that could be it. Could be a streaming channel that could go beyond pretty much anything that's out there with a wide variety of stuff they could choose. Right. So I mean, I guess I didn't take into consideration that you know they have all those properties, but. Um... Yeah, it's just it's going to be interesting because how I'm not sure like how much of Netflix's content is currently Disney owned and how much of it is not Disney owned. But it's just going to be funny to see. Like, I'm, one, I'm curious how that meeting went down and or how the news was handled by Netflix. And two, I'm wondering like what are they going to have once Disney pulls all their stuff off, and how many people are subscribing to Netflix for the sole purpose of watching said Disney channels because I know does this mean now that uh, they're pulling their stuff off Netflix are they also going to be pulling like ABC from Hulu and uh, I don't know what other streaming services you could use like uh, a lot of Xbox Live and PlayStation Network I would imagine so because Hulu is owned by NBC Universal if I'm not mistaken right because I know they had a contract and you could watch like <clears throat> the past four or five episodes I know CW pulled their stuff from Hulu so pretty soon like Hulu, besides their original content, like they're not really going to have much either. So it's just, it's, it's, I'm curious because Disney could very well put a lot of these streaming services out of business, especially if they start going after like their competitors trying to make deals to get their streaming stuff on their own service. But again, why do they need it is my question. 
I just assume it's because, like I said, they want for their ABCs and their ESBNs of the world who are losing market share every single day because people are either cutting the cords or choosing a different option for their television service. They need to get those shows out to more viewers, and this could be a great way of doing it by getting it out into a streaming service, an exclusive streaming service that no one else can carry their products. So it's definitely a, a big move by Disney. And I think in the past, I, I think that people should treat this in the same way that they treated the, the Lucasfilm. And as far as the Marvel acquisitions are concerned, they should treat this in a very similar fashion because this could be potentially a new way of of how the general audience out there treats their viewing habits i mean we might have to go to what let's call the disney network for just for all intents and purposes but i don't know what it's going to be called but let's just call it the disney network to catch that baseball game to catch that basketball game to catch that marvel movie to catch that Marvel series to catch that Star Wars series to catch all the stuff that's on all those other networks. It'll be right in one place and people will just go and migrate to there if they want to catch all that great Disney content because Disney owns a great bit of, of properties that go just beyond the Disney realm. So that's why I think 20, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, this probably wouldn't have not made much sense because it would have been just exclusive Disney properties. And I don't know how long that would have lasted outside of a younger audience. Now you're, you've got so many other properties that they own that if they were, you know, since they're going to go and have their own exclusive network, it just makes it so much more palatable for the general audiences to go and migrate over to what they're going to offer. And in regards to what we were talking about with, with Marvel and Netflix, those shows like The Defenders, Daredevil, I'm assuming that, and like I said, this is only speculation, but yes, Netflix should have the rights to continue to show the produced properties that they, that they stuff that they produced on their networks going forward, but that doesn't mean that they didn't sign a contract that said Disney, for all intents and purposes, could also take those shows and not only show seasons prior but they could go ahead with seasons going forward for those shows on the new network as well and just take over the production mantle i i, I have a feeling that that would be the case uh, marvel has already dealt with issues as you and i've speculated and talked about on so many other episodes in regards to their past deals with paramount and you know all the other entities as well in regards to their previous properties I don't think Disney will make that same mistake twice with Marvel when it comes to their properties. And and if the new network has that option, they're going to take every bit of it as far as the Defenders, the Iron Fists, the Jessica Jones, the Luke Cages, and have that ability to also show it on their network as well. That's true, but it also poses a danger of these Netflix shows are very important to them. The way that I see it as far as their TV lineup goes, these shows are incredibly important. And I, Netflix has taken some chances, gone a little darker than the normal Marvel thing. And I'm afraid that if these properties go back to Disney and Disney starts creating them, that we are going to essentially get a Defender's Light. You know, we're going to get that, that comedic touch and it's going to take all the 
depth and storytelling that Netflix has built that is so great and we're going to lose it. And that's something we, we talked about last week with the Marvels and Humans and also as well we talked about with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. having issues. There's there's definitely a much better viewing experience when you watch the Marvel shows on Netflix as opposed to when you watch them on ABC. We clearly indicated that in that podcast. And if you want to check that out, it's on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel everywhere you can find streaming and downloading options. But back to what I was talking about, it's a big thing as far as being able to go ahead now and, and show it on this, this new Disney streaming network. But like you said, the content of it and, and how it will be perceived now could be quite different. And that to a lot of people would be disappointing because like you said, it could eventually be like a Defender's Light, could be an Iron Fist Light, could be a Jessica Jones, Daredevil, and Luke Cage Light, which obviously would not be appealing to fans, similar to what they would have with what's going on with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now and all the backlash that Marvel and humans are getting. So I definitely see that as well as being a problem. But I think that's a small problem in the in the essence, comparatively speaking, to the potential profit and viewership that they could get with their own streaming network. So I'm just surprised that they only bought 33% a stake in BAM TV. Uh, do you agree? Yeah, I, I think that this is kind of an experiment for them. And, you know, it's not like they can't afford to do it. But it's just a very surprising thing that, like, I would have never expected to happen. But... You know, we'll wait and see. I'm sure that they have an option to buy more stakes should that happen because Disney, you know, they're, they're Disney. They can pretty much do whatever they want. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. And in the past 10 years, they pretty much have. So, But I've learned from those acquisitions of Marvel and also as well Lucasfilm is that when they take over property and that's existing – they usually do the right thing with it. So I'm I'm very excited to see what's going on, but I have a lot more faith in Disney coming up with something that's going to be very effective and very pleasing to an audience as a whole. There may be little glitches, like you said, like both you and I discussed with the, you know, taking those Marvel shows from Netflix to a Disney network, so to speak. But I'll tell you what, I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for that option because if it does come out, it's going to be one heck of a a solution for audiences. It will be probably very costly. It won't be cheap, but it definitely will be something that is definitely worth keeping an eye on once it comes to fruition and it becomes an existing channel indeed. What are your thoughts out there on the... Disney move to become part of the streaming audience in plans to make their own streaming network. Please share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, game source and humanity media on Facebook and Twitter as well. At this point, I'm not going to argue it. I'm just going to see what happens and see what materializes because I've questioned them once, shame on me. And I've questioned them twice, shame on me. Third time is charm. I'm not going to question at this point until I see something really wrong with what they're doing. And I, at this point, I don't see it this time. I think it's going to be a great option. Be a little bit expensive, but I think it'd be something that fans and around the world for various platforms that they own will be looking out for indeed. Well, it's going to be a great podcast indeed. We've got a lot of great stuff on the way and a lot of great talk and also my interview again with Sarah Kay from the AntiQuest podcast. 
going to be talking with her in regards to the anime coming to the Sony platform in regards to the recent acquisition themselves that they made. So definitely looking forward to that. And we have a lot of great stuff to talk about indeed. So it's going to be another great episode for you. First up, though, is another great song from Plasma Z. And this is Mango. And this is the PCC Multiverse. Thanks for checking out the PCC, you know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. Hi, this is Siri. I would never, never, ever listen to the Earth Station One podcast. Who the heck says howdy anyway? Why don't you listen to Chris Hardwick instead? I can get you his information. The Nerdist is everywhere anyway, haha. That was a joke. The Earth Station One podcast. It's time to let your inner geek out to play. You can find them at www.earthstation1.com or up on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Peace, and we're done. If this were some tavern tale, all half-truth and senseless adventure. And it's full of demons. <laughs> and it's full of demons. <laughs> Twas disastrous. It's coming, people. It's coming. Yeah.
Pitchforks, sketch pitchforks here. Can't kill a demon without your pitchforks. Torches and pitchforks. No defense. <laughs> better defend yourself. No matter how you spend your life, your wit will defend you more often than a sword. Keep it sharp. Let the wicked hear my voice and tremble. Fly, you fool. Fly. You have to pick a side. You stay on your path or you cross over to me. I wanted to get inside so badly I could taste it. Upon him I will visit famine and a fire till all around him desolation rings and all the demons in the outer dark look on amazed and recognize that vengeance is the business of a man. Caster Quest, now on the ESO Network. ESO, ESO. And we're back with the program. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pulp Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. And one of the things that we wanted to talk about on today's show was recent news that's going on within the anime world. And that is Sony purchasing the rights to Funimation and all their properties as far as and to be able to transfer it over to the PlayStation 4 format so that they have something that they can call their own. So I ask you, Sarah, Sarah Kay of the AnaQuest podcast, like I said, on Podomatic, iTunes, and YouTube, I ask you as host of the AnaQuest podcast, what does this kind of give you as a far as another option for, for not only you as a hardcore anime fan, but also casual anime fans as well? I think that it's a bit of a mixed bag as for the entire acquisition. Um, as for the digital side, which is what you're asking about, the PS4, I think it's very good. I don't know how common it is for people to actually go and purchase uh, movies or whatnot from, I think, the PlayStation Store. I think that's great. Um, fans have been asking for a, an app for a long time. People have been... Uh, subscribe to Funimation now, have always been wondering when are we going to get a PlayStation app? You know, a lot of people have had the inconvenience of having to plug their computers into their TVs, which isn't always the best option. And so that's the positive side for fans. And there's also the fact that with it being on a more mainstream format, again, we have the potential of bringing in new fans who see this app and say, hey, I wonder what that's about. Let's let's download it and see if there's any good shows on it. So again, a very, very positive on the digital side of things. But on the physical side of things, fans are a little bit worried because Sony, they own another anime licensing company here in the US, which I believe that they own them, Aniplex. And any, I believe any anime fans that are among your listeners right now just let a huge groan because they are quite famous for having like very, very expensive releases. Their, the releases of their shows can go up, uh, can be sold for about, I think anything around $80 a piece for only volumes of like five episodes so if you want an entire series you have to spend hundreds of dollars to get the complete series and fans are quite scared that that is a model that Funimation could potentially adopt because of Sony in the future. Now they they assure us on our website that they won't be changing that for the foreseeable future but 
anything could happen. You would hope that the Sony will see that Funimation's model has somewhat worked for them in uh, these past couple of years and that there's really no reason to change it as far as the pricing model goes. Well, I'm hoping that's the case as well, although there's definitely a possibility that they will tie it in more closely with the PlayStation Plus models that they have as far as a subscription base. And they're probably also gauging what we originally talked about with Netflix and all the shows that are coming to it and gauging whether they should go ahead full board into trying to make Funimation into a major part and a major component of the PlayStation Plus concept as well. Uh, I know Crunchyroll being on the, both the PlayStation and the Xbox formats you know, has something been something very good for Crunchyroll, but especially I know that Xbox has gone out of its way to promote Crunchyroll even more on its platform. So maybe this is a way of, of Sony sending a message that, that they want to go ahead and compete on a higher level as well in the anime scene. So, But yeah, for, for sure, if that's the case, that absolutely makes sense with Sony uh, owning PlayStation. With that in mind, that could absolutely be their intentions, and you can completely see why they would want to do that. Well, it's a good sign for anime fans and the fact that you know they're more incorporating the PlayStation 4 with the anime scene. And with Sony, the PlayStation right now is their driver of you know a great portion of the revenue and also a, a probably the largest portion of their profits right now as an entity. So definitely them trying to make the PlayStation platform even broader with you know, bringing in all this new anime to their platform is definitely a great sign indeed for, for at least, you know, those fans that are interested in getting a PlayStation for that they have now or in the near future as well. So uh, some do, very good signs for anime fans as a whole, as far as, you know, new anime coming out on Netflix and also Sony's acquisition of Funimation. Just hope they understand, like you said, that they understand what Funimation is fundamentally and that they will stick to what's worked for the company in the past and hopefully going forward we'll be able to show that in an even better light going forward in the future so um, any last thoughts on the anime scene because like i said you've been so great today with with your opinions and whatnot so we just want to hear more about not only how we can get a hold of your show but also any more last thoughts on the animation scene I, I guess I, what I would add to the uh, the Sony thing is that um, this also uh, brings up the question of what's going to happen with the licenses that Funimation has lost in the last couple of years. Because uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Funimation has had uh, many shows taken from them because of uh, of Aniplex, uh, some agreements with certain companies that can, would have contributed to the creation of these shows have caused the licenses to automatically go to Aniplex and people have been quite upset about this because a lot of these are well-known shows like Full Metal Alchemist and either they know that if uh, if Aniplex releases them they're going to be insanely expensive and a lot of the hardcore fans aren't going to be able to afford to to buy them if they do not already have them or Aniplex is just going to sit on those licenses because they can, and they're not going to release them at all. For instance, with uh, Mushishi, they've had they have the second season. 
is, as far as I know, only available on Crunchyroll. Uh, actually, no, I, it was a, I believe it was available on Netflix at a time. The, currently, there is no physical release uh, in North America, nor does there seem to be one in the near future. And as far as we can tell, they plan they don't ever plan to release it. So this just the fact that they continue to do stuff like that is quite worrisome and pretty uh, pretty anger in inducing, uh, especially if you're fans of those properties. So you would hope that with the new partnership with Sony, that Funimation might be able to somehow get those titles back. They haven't been too clear about the status of that on their website and yeah it's not entirely clear if that will happen we, we hope it does but there's all there's also the fact that you need to keep in mind that it's not only happening to Funimation it's it's happening to I think yeah pretty much all of the companies that have had Aniplex based licenses are now getting their shows taken back from them so you just hope that those shows will go back to Funimation just for the sake of availability because it's going to be a lot more widely available to people through Funimation than it will be through Aniplex. Oh, that's some that's some interesting news indeed, and definitely some great insight provided by you today. And I, I'll tell you what, Sarah Kay has been doing awesome on our show, and, and we're just hoping that, that we just truly get a chance to talk to her as much as she wants to come on our show to talk more anime in the future as part of the pop culture cosmos you know, scene and whatnot. So we just truly uh, you know, appreciate you coming on the show, Sarah. And again, if anybody wants to check out what's going on as far as in the anime world, what's going on as far as uh, you know how to better understand the anime scene. There is no better place to go than the AnyQuest podcast that's available on iTunes, YouTube, and Podomatic. The AnyQuest podcast. And Sarah Kay, I just want to say thank you again for being part of the program here today. And I said, any last thoughts on the way out? Well, first of all, thank thank you very much for having me here. This was uh, very interesting. Just perhaps. One more thing I might have to say is just a bit of self-promotion. I'm currently working on a YouTube series, which I'm planning to call Academics in Anime. Basically, the entire purpose of this series is to be like an educational tool, tool of sorts for uh, cultural studies students because I'm a recent graduate and I found that throughout my studies, if I ever wanted to write something on anime, they're just wasn't that many um, resources that I could find. There's not uh, many secondary sources or anything like that. So the intention of this series is to basically be uh, an essay-based series, which will gather all of these resources together and potentially could be even be used as a resource for essays or what have you. And yeah, generally it's just supposed to be kind of like a, hopefully a, kind of a community-based thing that will help people in their in their education that's awesome to hear and I'm definitely looking forward to to seeing that and definitely looking forward to hearing more about that in the future and you are most welcome to come back on the show with updates on that and then also updates on the anime scene itself because definitely want to get more information on the anime scene and i know there's a lot of people out there that are kind of looking forward to what's coming in the future for the anime world and then also those who are looking to get into it so 
we definitely appreciate you being part of the program here today. And, and like we said, wish you all the best. And that is Sarah Kay. She is the host of the AnaQuest podcast that's now available on YouTube, iTunes, and Podomatic. And look forward to more amazing stuff for her in the future and her coming back to our show, The PCC Multiverse. Okay, auditions for the new Earth Station Who co-host. Take one, go ahead. Hello, Stonehenge, who takes the Pandora Cup, takes the universe. But, bad news everyone, cause guess who? Ha, listen. You lot you're alwaysing about. It's really very distracting. Could you all just stay still a minute because I am talking? Not too shabby. Can you close this up? Earth Station Who. A fun mashup celebrating over 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. You never know where the TARDIS is going to go next. Earth Station Who podcast can be found at www.earthstationwho.com. Earth Station Who is a proud member of the ESO network. We are up on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Peace and we are done. Did I pass the audition? We'll get back to you. Next. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. My name is Joe Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. So, Josh, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Hellblade. Uh, what a great game that's coming out uh, this week. And I know that you started playing with it. And if you want to check out Josh's time with Hellblade, Sasuna Sacrifice, check it out on his channel. Humanican Media on YouTube. He's got a lot of footage already, about at least an hour in, and, and want to check out all that. It's a game that deals with mental trauma and as far as different variations of, of perceptions, uh, a little bit of, of psychological issues, and also a lot of puzzle quests as well. So tell me your thoughts on the game as a whole, and also what kind of effect do you think it will have with audiences in regards to mental trauma um so i'm about i'm about two hours into it right now and i love it. it's an absolutely beautiful game i can see a lot of time and care and passion was put into it uh they open up strong with the letting you know that this game revolves a lot around mental health and they want to make sure you know that they had mental health experts on staff they, i was watching a making of the game and they said they had six mental health experts on staff and they were supervised by somebody and they constantly consulted with the their local colleges as far as the psychology department to make sure that it was handled with care and it's handled tastefully and is also accurate at the same time so this is interesting because it's the first time that in a game that something like this has been done you know in video games we get amnesia we get uh just random spouts of violence but we don't ever have like somebody who is truly mentally ill and i know the game didn't start out like that but it kind of evolved into this thing and it's an interesting new dynamic for a character like that so i'm really looking forward to getting to the end of the game and i hope that it's not like one of those endings where you wake up and it's actually a modern character somewhere in a hospital or something but yeah why is it i guess my question to you would be why is it that video games like a you know, they don't reach, like, a game like this would not reach as far as, like, a, you know, 13 Reasons Why on Netflix. But they put, yet yeah, they took the time and care to put into making sure that this whole thing was handled correctly and it was done with taste and it was done respectfully, too. Whereas a Netflix show has such a wider reach and it 
you know, probably a lot bigger budget and they didn't put any of the time and effort into it. So I feel like Netflix should be taking notes from Ninja Theory on how to do something like this. Well, I think it comes down to Hellblade being more of artistic value and more appreciative of that platform of mental illness and Netflix just using it more for entertainment value. I mean, you've actually been a, a strong, strong advocate for this as far as what Netflix is doing in regards to 13 Reasons Why and the fact of how they are treating, in your opinion, and a lot of others as well, they're treating it and mishandling it as far as the issue of mental trauma. It, I think it just goes without saying that when when you see 13 reasons why or you you un, try to understand what 13 reasons why is trying to accomplish they're accomplishing something more uh, substantive and trust trying to garner ratings they're they're going for they're going for the low-hanging fruit as opposed to what ninja theory is going for and obviously that is to try and educate along with making people understand exactly what individuals who have this kind of trauma are actually going through on a daily basis. Right. And it's all, but it's interesting too, because it also goes to show you that, you know, if you put the time and effort and care into something like this, you can tell a very emotional story, which is ironic because that's what Netflix is trying to do, but they ended up just creating a garbage TV show. Whereas Ninja Theory made this game, and just the way that they handled it, having all these people involved in it, created this very emotional storyline. And you actually like you feel for the character as you're, you know, going through her journey through this, uh, you know, through this Norse mythology. And it's a, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm captivated by it. And that's great to hear because I think your thoughts echo many, many, many gamers out there, and also game reviewers who have echoed your sentiment in regards to the actual game itself. And I, I've seen quite a bit of gameplay now of it as well. I just, it looks just so respectful of the, the subject matter. And also as well, it looks so great as far as from a perspective, as far as what you're doing, what you accomplish. Yes, there's combat in it, but combat is not the real story. Yes, there's puzzles in it and puzzles that are, are at first some, sometimes a little bit complex to take care of, but with some deep thought, you know, people can go through it and progress forward. And to me, it's just the imagery and all that. I, I, I just think it's just a well-made game from Ninja Theory that really at the year's end will be considered one of the very best of the, of the year. At least I hope it will, because it's definitely shaping up to me like it, it will be, or at least something that fans will remember for a long time to come. Right, and I know it's already getting consideration for Game of the Year. A lot of people are saying, hey, this needs to happen. Uh, you know, and it's it's a great deal, twenty nine ninety nine, and it's got a lot of interesting gaming mechanics. I don't know if you ever played Heavenly Sword, but it's kind of same style, and De the Devil May Cry reboot, same company. Um, I wonder who made those games. Yeah, yeah. I just, I my only critique of the game so far is that the dodging mechanics could be a little better because they... You can only dodge one enemy at a time, but they put you, you know, there's instances where you're fighting three or four people at once. So that makes it difficult. But other than that, like it's, and especially the idea of the rot. So every time you die, this infection goes further up your arm. And the more times you die, uh, the, the 
closer you get to having your entire game erased. So that actually uh, ups the ante quite a bit for that game. But yeah, it's twenty nine ninety nine. This is definitely it's it's a definitely worth the money to pick up. And it, you know, it's it's interesting because I know Lawbreakers is kind of doing the same thing, going at a low price point. You know, it, it's but be- in Lawbreakers' case, they're actually following an Overwatch's model as far as loot boxes, I believe, and and adding a lot of stuff after the fact. Yeah, correct. Yeah, but it's just I'm curious to see the future of like these. AAA developers kind of taking an indie route as far as uh, you know creating their own price points and stuff. So it's just going to be, it's a, a a big step forward for gaming, and I'm wanting to see uh, how this turns out. But definitely pick up Sanua's Sacrifice if you get a chance to. Definitely, I would agree with you as well. If you get a chance, check out Josh's game so far that he has provided a lot of game video already, and you can check that out on the Humanican Media YouTube page. That is Hellblade, Sasuna's Sacrifice. It's really a great game, and I, and I think both of us suggest you give it a try. And, and it helps you understand more what people with mental trauma are going through in, in order to try and shed some light on it so, so be able to better help the individuals who are going through that type of ordeal. If you have thoughts on Hellblade, Sasuna's Sacrifice, please share it with us here at popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, and also Humanica Media on Facebook and Twitter as well, where you can get a hold of the guys at the Super BS Gamescast. And if you want to talk about Hellblade, Sasuna Sacrifice, that would be a great place to start as well. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. I'm Drew Leiter. And I'm Cleus Jacobs. We're here to tell you about our podcast, The Earth Station DCU. Join us every week as we discuss the DC Universe. We talk everything DC, including comics, television, the cinematic universe, and so much more. We look forward to bringing you some great reviews and discussions. And don't forget, read, read more comics. comics. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. And I'll tell you what, if you just by chance are not able to check out our shows, either Attack of the Humanicans, the Pop Culture Cosmos show, or the PCC Multiverse on the Podcast Radio Network, at least in the case of the Pop Culture Cosmos shows, that's no problem. And also in Attack of the Humanican Media, uh, Attack of the Humanicans, they're going to be on iTunes. Is that correct? Yeah, um, Attack of the Humanicans, and I'm working on getting Topic Eclipse up there right now, but it's been a uh, having some trouble with Apple at the moment. No worries, but it will soon be there for you for their shows as well. But for Pop Culture Cosmos, the Pop Culture Cosmos channel is always available on iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts. Tune in the ACE Podcast Network, Overcast.fm, Player.fm, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Podcast.com, Mixcloud, the ESO Broadcast Network, the Tangibound Network, the Gunna Geek Network, Cast Crunch, and PopCultureCosmos.wordpress.com. If also you want to send us a message or you really like it on the social podcast network, we can also put it there. We've, we put one episode already. We can do more if you wish. Also as well, 
Podomatic. You like it on there? We can throw episodes every now and there as well. Bits and pieces we throw every now and then on Anchor. And if they're still going to be available, SoundCloud as well. So I'll tell you what, Josh, I know you wanted to talk some Fantastic Four today. I know you said that was a great topic to talk about, but the future of Fantastic Four does not really look good right now. And yes, we all know about the movie failures that has happened recently with what happened with the latest reboot at Fox and and how many people want them to go back to Marvel as far as the movie platforms are concerned away from 20th Century Fox. But I guess just recently, the Fantastic Four comics that were on the stands are no longer available for you know downloading digitally or really just the availability of the actual series as a whole on comic books has really gone by the wayside. And I guess one of the writers, Jonathan Hickman, but I guess he was pretty much quoted as saying that Marvel isn't publishing Fantastic Four because of their disagreement with Fox and the way the movies are being handled. So I ask you, Josh, does it look like, at least for the near future, that Fantastic Four as an entity, either comics or movies, is truly DOA? It's weird because I feel like not creating comics is kind of shooting Marvel and the Marvel's kind of shooting themselves in the foot because there are a lot of interesting stories to tell. But, you know, we've talked about this before, assuming you can come up with new content, give us new villains, give us new stories. We don't need to keep rehashing the same things over and over again. But at the same time, I feel like um, we all want a an on-screen version of the Fantastic Four that is actually good. Not to say that the originals, they were okay. They weren't fantastic. Yeah. They were really cheesy, but they were okay cheesy. I yeah, guess. They, didn't, they didn't take themselves seriously, and that's what was good. But with this new one, it they built all this hype, and it was just a bad movie. It was a really bad and boring movie. So, And just from what I hear about Fox wanting to reboot as making the Fantastic Four like children, like that really just makes me sick, honestly. And it's they need to give... They need to give the rights back to Marvel because Marvel will actually do something with this. And like at this point, the Marvel Cinematic Universe really needs the Fantastic Four. And I think so. They would be great in this Infinity Wars lineup. Oh, for sure, for sure. And you know, if Fox isn't going to do anything with them, you know, they're talking about crossing over into X Men, but that's not even going to work. So, you know, if Fox is just going to keep on beating them to death, it's just it makes no sense for them to even hold on to them. So. I wonder, I'm sure Fox could get something out of this if they were to agree to Marvel's terms, but, you know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but I just hope that something comes of this before people, you know, Fox buries the Fantastic Four so bad in bad films that we just, nobody cares about them anymore because they are a tentpole of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, I will say this in regards to Fantastic Four in the comic book universe. When it comes to Marvel, it's always about sales. And it looks like, in my opinion, their decision in pulling any Fantastic Four off the comic book shelves outside of what they're integrated in with, with, I guess, most recently Secret War, just to me, to me appears that the sales have been diminished so greatly and they're, uh, the perception 
amongst comic book fans with the Fantastic Four is at such an all-time low that it looks like it's going to be just really, dare I say it, doom for the Fantastic Four franchise, at least this point going forward. And it's funny, too, because you know what would rejuvenate interest in the Fantastic Four would be a movie in the MCU. So it's kind of a it's a double-edged sword. I would disagree with you. I don't think a single entity would them in would be right now a smart move. I think that if they were part of something and they stayed in like the Infinity Wars or they were in Captain Marvel or they were in you, you know what I mean? I think for right now that would be the safe tre- you know way to tread water at this point in time. Right. Well, any sort of appearance in the MCU would be a great move for them. But right now it's kind of I think that honestly, I think that as far as you know the comics go, I think a lot of people are really tired of a lot of the characters. I mean, even Captain America is somebody they should probably put to rest for a while. Uh, but especially it, after what they did to to his character in the yeah, Secret Empire, yeah, it was Secret Empire. But it, it's we're either as far as the comic book industry goes, we're either headed for a renaissance or we're headed for a collapse because. I don't. Once this phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe ends, I don't think its comic sales are going to do that well because, you know, our this story arc is going to come to an end unless they do something to rejuvenate the you know comic books and bring people new fans into it. As far as like the next phase of the Marvel of Marvel goes, it's um, you know we're gonna we're reaching a very interesting point. It's either going to to tip and collapse or it's going to increase so i'm curious to see what their strategy is going forward i am as well but uh, at this point with fantastic four it is such to me a, a a property that is really just low at the bottom there i don't think it can go much farther below and it's all because of the way fox has handled that platform and that entity and i just feel really bad for really 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 big Fantastic Four fans who have swore by the Fantastic Four series for years and to get this kind of treatment at this point in time because the reboot movie was so bad that I just feel bad for them because it's just very sad to see because, you know, you have this great property that has was actually one of the hallmarks, one of the staples of the Marvel comic universe. I mean, people, kids were just in love with the Fantastic Four and they had, they had lunch boxes back when I was a kid, they had lunch boxes, they had uh, properties, they had such, such as uh, blankets, uh, bed sheets, uh, uh, posters, you know, the whole nine yards, they were, they were really integrated and they were actually at a, on par. In my opinion, they were on par with the Spider-Mans, the, the Iron Mans at that point in time. But so much has changed, and unfortunately, it's because of the mishandling of the the property by Fox. And I'll tell you what, it, hopefully it will actually get it to Marvel's hands with that movie property so they can make the right changes indeed. Do you think the Fantastic Four can be saved? Do you think if it goes to Marvel that the Fantastic Four can reach those heights that it once had? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, and Humanican Media on Facebook and Twitter as well. 
If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture, Cosmos, and Game Source. We truly appreciate being part of the broadcast here today. And Josh, to close out the show today, I know some brand new photos, some brand new information came out this week on The Last Jedi. All these little crumbs, these little tidbits are being sent out by Lucasfilm to get us even more excited. But as you and I know, both of us have just at this point said, you know, let's just see the movie for all intents and purposes at this point in time because I've, I'm, you've already sold me on it. I want to be there. I want to find out what's going on. But is there anything that came out this week that you're interested that among the pictures of the new properties that you saw that's going to be in the film, whether it was the the new creatures, whether it was the new Empire features, whether it was the new Empire personnel, what stood out to you the most as far as news and information that came out this week from The Last Jedi? I know we've talked about this before, but I kind of read Star Wars news now and I'm like, eh. I'll see it when I see it. I don't really get hyped about it. Of course, when they put out a new trailer, I get pretty stoked. And as far as just releasing pictures, I know we talked about this with like the Justice League, how they keep releasing the same posters, just in different poses and stuff. It's it's one of those things where I don't get that stoked about pictures. Like I, I don't like to make assumptions based off pictures because they're always wrong. And uh, Star Wars has this habit. I just want to watch the movie. I don't even like, they don't even have to release any more trailers. I just want to see the movie at this point. I don't care. You know, they've, they've told me all I really care to know about it, and I don't want to really del- delve into anything else. I just want to watch the movie. I do too as well, but it's always nice to get even just some little tidbits every now and then. I know Benicio Del Toro talked a little bit more about his character that got out in an uh, Entertainment Weekly interview and also uh, I know that there's some pictures of some creatures that were uh, introduced and, and also as well, I want to know more about Snoke, Supreme Leader Snoke, but I don't think it's going to really enlighten us from what I'm reading as far as and trying to understand the interviews with uh, Rian Johnson, the director. They're not going to really elaborate more on his story in this movie, which is kind of disappointing because I'd like to find out more about him. But they did show pictures of his bodyguards, aka Muscle, aka emperor's guard type deal in this case they're they're called the elite praetorian guard is what's going on with those and my gosh they're they're shiny red uniforms or whatnot they look like something out of rollerball but at uh, you know outside of that and outside of the fact they look like they're going to play some hockey uh they look really threatening indeed to to back up whatever supreme leader snoke is going to dish out so some good stuff came out, exclusive pictures. So you want to check it out on, uh, I'll give them some love, some entertainmentweekly.com site. So some great pictures there about what's coming up. But, you know, they, they've been feeding us all these breadcrumbs. At this point, like, like I'm just like you. I just want to see the picture. The Last Jedi's looking great. You've already sold me on it. 
little hints that, that are going on. And we, we want to know more about Luke's story. We want to know more about, like I said, just the whole nine yards. How does John Boyega come back to health so quickly? That's a kind of a puzzling little detail that they're going to have to uh, shape out, you know, when it comes out this December, but I'm sure they'll do that. But the last Jedi definitely looks very promising, kind of a different thing going on with, with some side missions uh, in a casino like format uh, that they're showing as well. So I'm definitely curious to see the movie. Definitely excited for it at, at this point. Like you said, Josh just wanted to come out, but unfortunately we got a about, Four, four months of hype, almost. Yeah, probably, probably a couple more trailers, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So at least there's that. So that's uh, still a little bit of a time, but eventually it'll come out, and and we'll be right there, first in line to go see the movie as well. So, what are your thoughts on the Last Jedi? Do you are you are you still excited as you were when that first trailer came out? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, and Humanica Media on Facebook and Twitter as well. And speaking of Humanica Media, Josh has got a lot of great stuff coming down the pike. So Josh, what is coming soon from Humanica Media? Yeah, you can catch the tail end of uh, Topic Ocalypse Episode 3. Uh, we're going to record a new one next week. There's also a brand new Super BS Gamescast, which you can catch on Monday. You can catch the Attack of the Humanicans also on Tuesday on the Podcast Radio Network. And What About This will be returning on August 21st. So stay tuned. Don't cancel your subscriptions. The boys are back. That's great to hear. And don't forget as well, the number one show, six months in a row on the Podcast Radio Network. That is Monday night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific. That's the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. And it's number one, all because of you. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford, and it's another beautiful day in paradise here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening, and here's hoping you have yourself a great day. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at ESONetwork.com. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. All right, and we are back with another episode of Topicocalypse. Where uh, four, sometimes more idiots, sit around a table and discuss uh, random topics we may or may not know anything about. Thanks um, for putting us down instantly, you jerk. Yeah, yeah, uh, that about was, that. That wasn't in the first couple who's, episodes. Uh, wait, who's, who, who am I talking to? I'm one of your hosts, Josh Peterson. Josh Palderson. Josh Palderson. Josh, Josh Jankerson. Josh, um, everybody knows who, my name, yeah. who, who are these voices that are surrounding this table right now? Huh? Let's see. To my right, I got... Um, Eddie Sheely. Eddie. Ready for a good time. Okay. Are you ready to party? Always. Party boy Sheely. Yeah. 
Right. And I'm Daniel Nitsky. Beautiful name. I know, it's beautiful. Nice. And I am Brian Wagner. A special guest from the Super BS. Hurrah! Gamescast. Are we still calling it Gamescast or is no. that a podcast? We so took just that a long time ago. Super BS. Super BS. Super BS. Lots of BS. All right. Well, as you guys know, this show works a little differently. Uh, we break it down topic by topic, and each ep- each part will go up on YouTube if you want to check it out. And then I'll post the uh, podcast as a whole on podcast.com and iTunes. Tell me as a whole. As a whole. As, as a, a whole. whole. You are an as a whole. As nice. a whole. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back with episode three of Topic Topicocalypse. Not to be mistaken with episode two, which was actually recorded Taco Apocalypse with uh, extra salsa and some Chris Cut fries. Lame. Curly cut. Man. Curly cut. Why are you throwing Chris Cut fries in with a taco? Um, but all right, well, that's you not pretty waffle good. fry any day. Okay? Dude, waffle fries. I have the Chick Fil A. Like when you go and they give you the square ranch packs and you just dip the waffle fries in there. Ew. Catches, man. It's, why do you say you about ranch and living. fries? That okay. is living. That, that is, is life. It, it does not salad, get any better it. than that. All right, Dan, uh, Daniel. Yes. What do you got for us, man? What's what's your topic? Is it exciting? If not, I'm going to get up right now and I'm going to walk out. I will punch you in the throat. And I'm going to leave you guys house. here in my own house. <laughs> and, and lock the door. Lock the door. <laughs> and then I will slide my key back underneath it so I can't get back in. That sounds like a plan to me. You get all the I've always wanted a house. Yeah, we're just talking about housing prices in California. You get giving away houses. You get three, Apparently, yeah. three dogs. Come to California, everyone. Lot, you know. <laughs> you can go back and clean it up. Yeah, no. Mine what? is actually uh, about some, about like work-related stuff. So one is, you know, do you really feel appreciated at your work? Like how does your, does your employer actually show you? Like uh, do you get paid what you're worth, quote-unquote, and... Or, no, next yeah. topic. <laughs> Go or, uh, and also, like the last part of that is, do you feel like there's a, you know, a time where you can be doing your job so well that you kind of screwed yourself to where you can't move up because they don't want, they can't replace you, get, you because you're so good at what you, you do. get stuck. Is that what they tell that's, you? That's, yeah, right. that's tough because I feel like when you go to a job, you want to do it to the best of your ability to show that you can handle the work. Because you usually have to do stuff, do it really well in order for them to notice or give you a promotion or say, like, hey, Daniel's working really hard on this. But at the same time, like, if you do it too well, they won't want you to do anything else. Exactly. Like you said. Like yeah, you just you said. Just, so it's, it's, yeah, it's tough. you got to balance, like, so. working hard with... Uh, working mediocrely, I yeah, guess. Yeah, because then you get you know to the point where you're doing so well, and like, okay, well, you can take on more stuff, and you just keep piling stuff more and more on top of you, but they don't give you the money that goes along with you having four people's jobs, or if you're running a place, you know, as a director instead of just the manager, they're paying you what someone below the manager would make, and they're trying to, you know, 
because a, a lot of people like to get paid and not, they don't like to get money. paid, but like they like they like to get money. This is a they weird like, yeah, I know who it's likes money. Stupid. Hey, people started liking money a while ago. I know really when did that happen? Money. Like it just doesn't make sense. But gra- people like gratitude. Like shells. <laughs> yeah. So if, if I'm like if you're like appreciation. Yeah, and if if you're stacking like some papers or stapling things, and I'm gonna be and I'm like. Dude, Daniel, you are so freaking good at stapling those papers. Daniel, here's some, here's some golden staples. Here's some right golden now. staples. Okay, Can Daniel. you go ahead and staple the papers up in a and we're gonna floor B12? Uh, so, uh, this, this, this is a funny one because I work for a small aerospace, like a family. Okay. So it's entertaining. We're, we're like 50 people. <laughs> we're like 50, 50 employees. So okay. we're maxed at the small business level. But it's funny because in our in our technician meetings they tell us oh yeah we appreciate you because we pay you and then it's and then it's the complete opposite well you know you're replaceable and that's supposed to be your motivation to you know work hard and be there for the company because fear is a great yeah. driver of fear is right. the way to motivate people man yeah you want yeah. to tell them every day hey you worthless garbage worthless <laughs> piece of shit so so it's a tough one because like, that's that's what we get told is there's always somebody out there to replace you and the, and they make it nice. It's like I'm. I, I, I was reading something at Disney. Don't they actually make you train your replacements when you get fired? I don't know. I I worked on the low end when I was in college, so I'd, I. I they guess. worked on low ends. And they also have them spit on you when. You <laughs> <laughs> on, your, on your way on your way out, there's a line of people the walk ripping, of shame. ripping at you and spitting at you. Yes. Ma- shame. shame. Throwing Mickey Mouse. Shame. Throwing Mickey Mouse balloons at you that deflated through the day. Oh, is... Well, the problem that we also have with this is just job loyalty isn't the same thing it used to be. Because if no. you are loyal to your job, you don't normally get rewarded for it. The idea is that you're dispensable, so you want to essentially treat a company the same way, but it's harder to find jobs. So yeah. you have to constantly be on this like moving up I, pulse, which is hard. I think it's changed over the last few years with the economy taking a dive. It's become less jobs and more people looking for them. So it's become yeah. easier to look at somebody that and say, well, if you don't like it, there's somebody behind you that will be happy to take yeah. it at, at less cost. And it, it's, and I've that been sucks I, too. That really sucks. I've been told that at my last job. Well, if you don't like it, somebody will come in that's cheaper. Yeah. Wow. And it's, it's a terrible way to treat the people that work for you. Cause yeah. it's never going to breed a sense of like, Hey, of happiness, or you're not going to want to be motivated to work well at a job where they don't appreciate you. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Like, and even, like, as far as, like, getting raises goes, like, a lot of us, like, we're going to be working till the day we die because 70, we don't... 75, I want to say, is the age of retirement that they... It lunch right now. Yeah. On my funeral day. And we... That's what... Nobody really offers us, like, retirement packages or 401ks. Like, it's hard well, to find a job that will... still get a pension. Yeah, 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 I mean... <laughs> but I think we're going to start to see those disappear. You're here. starting to... You saw that. You're seeing that with, like, private companies, like Edison. Yeah. Edison, for their poll workers... Line workers, looking to pull workers, trying to put my Uh, kids through college. The new, the newer employee, the older employees still get their pension. The newer employees, hey guys, uh, Daniel just dropped his headphones. Negative, and he tried to pass it off like it didn't happen. (laughs) And he did a dance too. Really, really, yeah. yeah. Checking on on my kid. Leave me alone. Yeah. Uh, These these mics are so sensitive. I'm scared about passing a silent but deadly fart. 
do that fart and no one will know ever <laughs> until we pass out. <laughs> Only we'll the entire have, internet. We'll, we'll cut this whole section. Don't worry about it. Josh cut loves it, to edit. edit. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just drive around. Part four will just be called Eddie's Fart. And when you click on it, it'll just be a really <laughs> long fart. Editing podcast breaks. I can tell you firsthand he does all the work. Yeah. And I love editing podcast farts. So I had more farts in there, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anyways, you had a point that you were trying to make. Shit, I lost it. Digress. It's gone. Um, no, we were talking about how you may never retire and how we're losing government pensions and packages. Yeah, you're starting to, you're starting to, I think in time, you know, with new Edis employees, um, they're giving out 401ks. They no longer get pensions because they can't sustain it. Yeah. And you can only raise, you know, cost of electricity so much before everybody's getting solar panels and you're, yeah. you're losing out on money. So I think we're going to start to see that you know, with the LADWP. And then you'll start to see that with city and county and blah, 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 blah. And it, it's one of those things where these pensions are actually, like, Chicago right now has a very, like, corrupt system that I was reading about where they... <gasps> no. I know, right? What? Where they are paying, I want to Not the say, police department. Not the police department, man. They never get any money. I have but a good they, friend there. They're <laughs> paying, uh, they're paying, like, I want to say... I read $400,000 a year for a middle school principal, um, $500,000 a year for, like, college. And yet you read read that they're closing schools and have to shut bus systems down and kids have to walk. Like, not defaulting, but whatever, they're losing all of their money. Does nobody monitor any of this? No. Well, I mean, the government monitors it. They monitor the whole. They're supposed to be, yeah. As long as their pockets are getting fatter. Well, And you look at, like, counties like San Bernardino that are on the the bridge of bankruptcy. Yeah. Because they can't afford it anymore. Again, yeah. Because they can't afford it. it's It's a terrible problem that, you know, when you allow the government to monitor themselves, you have a lot of issues. Like when the uh, when the market or market the housing bubble collapsed in 2007, a lot of the banks were to blame, and the government bailed out all of them. And I read a story where literally only one bank had anyone who was prosecuted. It was a small Chinese bank in New York that had one branch, and they were the only bank that had anyone go to jail or go to court. Of course, every single Jeez. other bank in the entire country that stole and took from money from people and. They got, like, promotions and raises. Of course. So, I mean, these problems extend beyond... So it's a corruption issue. Yeah, so it's it's not only do we have this, like, corruption... So the government corruption is essentially going to take away these pensions from all the rest of the people who aren't being corrupt. The people are just, like, doing their basic jobs, you know? Like, because while there's not corruption in every facet, like you said, your friend um, works in Chicago, most people are probably... His cousin. Most people are probably not corrupt people there, but there are enough people who are just, like... Hey, you want a hundred thousand dollars a year for something that you don't need? You know, like I think nurses. No, pay. I do not. Yeah, I know. Like everyone's gonna accept a way higher salary than they need. Oh yeah. And duh. like if the people at the top can pay themselves more, of course they will. You know, so it's it's a problem that is gonna hit a lot of places. I'm sure we have corruption in California too. But <laughs> no, no. What? What was that? What was that? Mayor a couple years ago was it Bell Gardens? There's the Bell Gardens. Then there's also a a, a superintendent of a school district in. Hawthorne and Lawndale, who was making six over six figures. And Anthony <gasps> Weiner. Wait, no. was he California? No. no. No, he was just. But his last name's Weiner. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just take a moment to giggle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. You were saying? You're saying? Yeah. No, he. Uh, yeah, he. The superintendent got nailed. He was making like six hundred thousand dollars a year, and he just then got another raise. Yeah. And there was a mayor up That's there. That's like too much. That's excessive. I would, what I would, would I do with $600,000 a year? <laughs> I would flip you You'd the bird find, and leave. You'd find a way. <laughs> the biggest thing is they're making this money and there's almost no penalty to it. Like the, 
I know I'm sorry I'm veering you guys way off topic, but the Wolf of Wall Street film, the guy Jordan Belford, he went to prison. He got Was it Leonardo out. DiCaprio? Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio himself. Okay. He went to prison, got out of prison. Um, but no, was now that before he, or after he the ship? About, he was about to go to prison for real, though, for I those those paintings. For vaping too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. seen, the painting that. from Titanic. He definitely vapes. It, um, yeah. No, but he, Jordan Belford, he got out of prison, and I think he was supposed to pay back, I want to say $20 million. He's paid back none of it, and I yeah. guess he owns, like, three or four homes, and he travels the country selling out places and making, like, $40,000 a night talking at all these venues. He's and there's pr- just who's who's stopping him, right? He was super rich, so why would anyone, like, he went to a nice prison where nothing bad happens, and he plays tennis, and he gets out and lives a life like normal. tennis in prison? And macrame. Nice ones? Dude, yeah, look at Martha have, Stewart, dude. Have you seen, uh, I'm like, go prisons in Sweden? This. Prisons in Sweden, they're like hotels. Yeah. I was watching a, a documentary on it. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's corruption is definitely an issue. But, I mean, as far as, like, bettering yourself at a job goes and, like, where do you stop? That's a question. Because, I mean, me personally, I don't want to, like, get into the specifics of it. But, like, yes, you do. everything Tell about us. your life. I have a friend that I know. I have this friend named Schmash Schmelderson. Posh Jetterson. But, yeah, so I started out doing one thing. Like, that's what I got hired for. And all of a sudden I was doing, like, six things. And that's what she said. Nice. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Boo. I mean, I'm just trying to, yeah. But, uh, and then all of a sudden, like, I'm doing stuff that, like, you know, I should be maybe not doing and then but i mean it's it's whatever it's have you thought about overworked and underutilized yeah but here's a here's a thought about for this name your company and your employer (laughs) have it stop thinking first off yeah go ahead and you know put your big boy balls on and go ask for a raise and if they say no be like fine peace out I got this podcast, Super BS. Yeah, what about this? Yeah, I'm, making, I'm, yeah, making, we're, we're making I'm making. We're making millions. I'm making money. I'm making in like, his six hundred thousand yeah, square foot yeah. apartment. Yeah, <laughs> I'm making money just in ads, baby. I have a purebred wolf dog. Pure ads. Not to be mistaken <laughs> with Jon Snow's. And he has Jon Snow as his pet. Um, Jon Snow as my pet. Yes, <laughs> he brought John him back Snow to life himself. Like when he says the winter is coming, I'm like, no. And I turn off the air conditioner. Turn the heat on. Summer's coming. Summer's coming. But I think, but I think if you know, going back to if you know, you get so good that you get stuck. If you're at that point, and it's scary because it's like, okay, if you walk into your supervisor's office and say, okay, look, you can either give me this or I'm gone. I'm walking. Are you valuable enough in your job that they'll keep you, or do they look at you and say, well, he'll just keep doing this until he gets where he wants and let him go? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. like we said earlier, jobs like to pay, like employers like to pay you in gratitude now, not so much money. Like they'll. Try to give you as little money as they can, but it's much gratitude. No, I think it's you a barbecue two years ago with hamburgers and hot dogs. I think some of it's scare yeah, tactics. Yeah. I think some of it's scare tactics nowadays. It, it because they, obviously on the employer. Too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you, you could find a sweet person who's going to yeah. be like, hey, you're a great employee, but those people normally don't get raised up to management like, positions. Or, like churches. Dude, yeah. sweet people always give out good raises. Uh, On that bombshell, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Venture into the pop culture cosmos today, where you'll hear our conversations on different topics within the world of movies, TV, video games, comic books, technology, board gaming, and more. You'll also get a taste of some of our other shows within the cosmos as well. So come on and join us each week as we delve into... The Pop Culture Cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Mm-hmm. 
that's uh, to us people that can feel things, it it, uh, it hurts. 